0: Back to Old School with DP and Jay on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.
1: We are back. Jay Foreman, Austin Orman, Old School Austin. I just heard the quote of the year. It's only been a couple weeks in 2024.
0: But the competition's over.
1: it is by the one and only. Is he listening in there? Knock on the window.
0: Here, I can just go turn it on real quick.
1: Yeah. Well, anyways, I was uh, in between breaks. I saw the Jake Sorensen in there. And it's always great when you see Jake after, after like one or two o'clock in the afternoon. You know, he's got business to handle, or he's been handling business. So I always get, I always got to, you know, tighten Jake up. I told him about Mike McDaniel. If you don't know, Mike McDaniel, I think against Detroit had some, uh, off-white shoes, so it's a specialty type of shoe. He wanted them so bad and bought them, like, three sizes too too big. <laughs> well, anyways, we got on that subject, and Jake told me the quote of the year. I asked him if he was productive, which I always know. Jake's a hard mm-hmm. worker, right? So, But I always like to ask him. He's like, I had a very productive day. And he looked at me and he said, every day that I'm alive, it's a productive day. That's a pretty good quote. That's pretty hard. But is that it, Jake? Did I get it right? Yeah. And you know what? Triple B printing out there. That's it. That's what you need to put. Jake's beautiful mugshot. And then you need to have the little, you know, the little circle out there. Mm -hmm. Those are are the t-shirts. Yeah. There you go, Jake.
0: Every day I'm alive. It's a productive day. Yeah. Sounds like standing on business to me.
1: Yeah. That's Jake. That's (laughs) that's Jake. Listen, for all you people (laughs) out there, that's Jake Sorensen standing on business.
0: (laughs) My people, yeah, against yeah, against Jake, people. yeah, that, yeah,
1: Jake is standing. He stood hard on it too. He, I was like, hey, Jake, puffed up a little bit. I said, listen, Jake, I listen. The Bills, the Bills and the Dolphins are over with, brother, you know. Yeah. I mean, so you get, you know, but yeah, it's that history. Was, Yeah, that was a good, that was a good quote. Uh, Virginia Pirate, hey, listen, anybody that's a Bears fan, I gotta read, I gotta feel sorry for you. Every, if you know any Bears fans, give them a hug, but Harrison's a Bears fan. He needs a hug. He says, uh, "I'm a Bears fan. Would gladly trade Fields for Pickens and a pick." Listen, Chicago Bears, you have had those type of receivers. You had Alshon Jeffrey, headache. You've had uh, Brandon Marshall, Cle- Brandon Marshall, double headache, migraine. Claypool, who knows, headcase, headcase. And then you're gonna bring Claypool's like alter twin. <laughs> d- which makes it worse, Pickens, not a chance. Keep the dudes you want. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got an unknown texter. Twenty-five forty-six. Won't be enemy. Be the head coach of the Commanders. Hasn't he earned that? I'd like to think so. Um, but who knows what they're gonna do? You know, they're they've just hired their GM from the 49ers. One probably. Well, if they had a transfer portal ranking, he's the number one GM prospect out there. <laughs> um, obviously, just done a great job as assistant GM under John Lynch, and probably done a lot of the work because John Lynch went from. The play booth or you know the tv analyst booth mm-hmm. to gm um so look they, they're trying to handle leadership first
0: i saw this article i don't remember how long ago basically saying that assistant gm is one of the best jobs in sports where you're not forward facing you're not the one out in front making the decisions have the final power yeah. and you can outlast gms
1: yeah and nobody knows who you are yeah yeah and you could be assistant gm you know pro scouting the next thing you know you, three GMs later, you you lasted like eighteen years. Still the assistant yeah.
0: general manager of Post Yeah, Gatling.
1: yeah, because uh, Greer down in um, Miami—that's how he kind of mm-hmm. you know did it—and he's been lasting pretty well. And he was on a a little bit of a uh, thin ice, but uh, he's done well. But what we were talking about before was the Philadelphia Eagles and Jason Kelsey retiring. Why would he retire? And obviously, health and all that stuff—it's up to his choice. But the dynamics of the Philadelphia Eagles in their season is something to really look into to, in, to their argument. They're one holding call away from being world champions. They're actually a legitimate non muddy, slippery surface, probably away from being world champions in their minds. Uh, in a lot of ways, they were celebrated as world champions, bigger market, tons of commercials, Jalen Hurts gets the huge contract. Kelsey decides pretty quickly he's coming back, um, bringing a lot of the you know older guys back, and all chips are into the the middle of the table to try to get this uh, championship. Even though you lose two of your coordinators, but from the very beginning, even at ten and one, they did not look like a true dominant ten and one team. Then they squeaked out and got a lucky victory against the Buffalo Bills at home. And Buffalo had... Josh, Josh Allen and Davis, they probably kicking them. So that's a pass they throw in warm-ups 50 times. Mm-hmm. Didn't get it. Gave Philly a chance and kind of a lucky win. That was their last win, to be honest with their you. Last their, their last win. win. Buffalo reeled off seven in a row. They, won, they reeled off like six losses in a row. Well, when you think of their team, Philly where you thought t- they were it, at the beginning of the season, everybody said they're the most talented team. Well, the problem is defensively or just overall. Yeah. Jason Kelsey, that's long in the two 35, 36 Lance, uh, Johnson, Lane, Johnson, Lane Johnson, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, the best right tackle, hall of famer for sure. First ballot. One of the best right tackles ever. He's over 30 and injury prone. Fletcher Cox, over thirty, injury prone, not as dominant or productive. Brandon Graham, has been playing, I like, think, twelve years, along with Fletcher Cox. Uh, yeah, Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, long in the tooth, still productive, not dominant. Mm-hmm. Then you have Jason Kelsey. Those guys are your figureheads of your team. Then you have a coach that's very abrasive, cocky, loud, and is tolerable when you're winning. Well, in Philly. And if you're not embodying the team, the coach and the players, it can be horrible there. Because the Philly fans do matter. Let's take it a step further. You have A.J. Brown from the very beginning, maybe week four or five. And this is when they're winning. There's a couple games he didn't get targeted as much. The reason why I know, because I have him on fantasy. (laughs) Um, And you could just see his attitude change and be up and down every single week thought he was back in Tennessee for you Right, and then that affects the locker room. It affects his relationship with Jalen Hurts. It affects uh, the way Smith is uh, being able to develop. And then the offensive philosophy, I think, changed. You got, and here's why. Philly's offensive line, not this season, but last season, was one of the best offensive lines I probably had seen in quite some time. They were violent. They were physical. They were technically sound. They were fast. They were in shape. They were lean. They were dominant. So they could run the ball with anybody that they had, which allowed them to run more RPOs with Jalen Hurts, which would seem like it was unstoppable at times, and it would open up their play action pass. Well, the philosophy must have changed with Johnson calling the plays because you you never seen them really dedicate themselves to running the ball. Well, just in here, your byproduct of how you practice. So if you're not calling the plays, running plays in the game or trying to be a dominant physical team in the game. You definitely ain't practicing that way. No. So the whole offense has been off. Jalen Hurts was better being in between a game manager and a game changer because I don't think he's a good enough quarterback to where he can take the team on the, on his shoulders and pass them to victory 60 mm-hmm. times. No. Five, four, hundred. No way.
0: Shouldn't be throwing 40 very often.
1: Right. But they're trying to do it. I don't know if the contract did it or the new Time to call plays, it's just been off. Then you flip to defensively. Always seem to draft it well. It seems like Georgia 2.0 up there. Uh, they I think they have like at least, you know, three, three first round picks from Georgia and a couple second round picks. Um, but they struggled on the back end, right? So they're mm-hmm. getting exposed. Well, if your offense isn't efficient efficiently in or isn't efficient in being physical, there's no way your defense can. Mm-hmm. And I heard a quote was Philly's team was like a Ferrari, right? That somehow the check engine light comes on and you still keep showing up and winning races, even though you haven't taken care of the check engine light. Well, you get to the finals of the grand prix or whatever it is. And it falls out right there in front of everybody. You saw so many glaring weaknesses from Philly against Tampa Bay. That it looked like Tampa was actually the team that, coming off being you know runner up in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. championship, and Philly looked different. They looked slow. They looked uninterested. They looked ill prepared. They looked weak. They looked soft. They looked horrible. That's how you get the coach fired. So I'm gonna ask you, Austin. If you're Howie Roseman, Jeff Laurie's is the owner. Mm-hmm. Howie Roseman the GM. Great GM, by the way. Very aggressive GM, but very smart. If you're him. Along with Jeff Lerner. I'm sure they flew back together. They, they've met probably all day. What do you do with the head coach? Is it time be, knowing a lot of your stalwarts probably won't be back? You're going to have to pick and choose one retired, but you got between Fletcher Cox, Graham, Lane Johnson, all those, A.J. Brown, you got to deal with him. You got Smith coming up for potentially you know a new contract. All of that comes into evaluation of the coach. Because it looked like they lost it. He lost the team. Do you keep him or do you fire him and kind of start over?
0: It all depends to me on who's out there, right? If Rabel hasn't been hired yet, do you think you have a shot at Belichick? Do you want to get in on the hard boss sweepstakes, something like that? Sirianni's not bad, but I also think Sirianni is kind of that game manager quarterback of a head coach who runs his mouth a little bit more than he should, right? right? Again, it works when they're winning. Like Philly fans left last year. Exactly. Yeah. But, this year he's still talking a big game, but you mentioned they looked unprepared. Even I could tell that. Like right. Tampa looked like they put everything they had into this game. Philadelphia just kind of threw its hands up said, "Well, we're we're just better. You know, right. we, we've been here before, what well, we'll figure." It looks it like out. the Cowboys. Right. Mm-hmm. Played even worse than the Cowboys. Yeah. Somehow. Um I think that that organization too is generally proactive, but not rash, right? Right. I think Roseman and Lurie have a solid enough track record that they think they hired Sirianni for a reason, kept him around, elevated him to that position. If they still think they made the right move and he's their guy, they'll keep him, but they'll make sure that it's not about him, Right. right? I don't think Sirianni's comments were made for the locker room. Maybe he tried. But it seemed like a lot of his comments were made for him. AJ Brown's yeah. comments were made for AJ Brown. Right, right. Nick Sirianni has to grow as a leader, as a a motivator of men. Right. You talk about scheme guys and system guys. I think Sirianni wants to be the button pusher. Right. For that offense, I just don't know how good he is at it. So if he's not going to be at the controls of the offense, he has to be at the helm of the ship, steering the locker room, steering the culture. Maybe he can grow into that. Yeah. But Philly has to get this decision. Right. I mean, Washington will be turning over a new leaf. The Bears are, you know... The Bears. Real, yeah, the wrong division, though, but yeah. same same conference. Yeah. The, um, Giants the Giants are, just
1: lost their defensive coordinator. coordinator
0: is stuck with Daniel Jones. Yeah. But Dallas, you can say maybe they're rash and hasty, yeah. but you think Jerry's going to make a move? If you think you can afford to wait out Nick Sirianni's learning curve, you keep it. If you think that you're able to retain some of the roster or you want a steadier yeah. hand guiding the culture of the young someone, guys, you bring someone new. In.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Th- I'm right there with you. It'd be interesting to see what they do. We're going to take a quick break. I want Austin to think about if he was Mr. Jerry Jones, what do you do with Mike McCarthy? I already have my answer uh, ready to go. I want to see what Austin does because of, I think it could be a domino effect. Copycat. If Dallas makes a move or if Philly makes a move, Dallas may not, might not make a move. Jay Foreman, Austin, Old School. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Old School with DP and Jay. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and TicketFM.com.